Don't feel like watching movies, so I'll watch people guess them instead. I don't know how it goes. I think it starts with your show. Welcome to the Valley Folk, everybody. This is the Valley Cast. Today we have a special guest, James Willems. Hey, thank you for having me. How are you, James. man? I'm good. Yeah. Yes, James here. Hi, I'm James. Uh, you know James from a lot of stuff, um, but most importantly, the dominance of him and his wife on Movie Movie Game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we we kind of crossed paths and met, and have have started to to cre- create a relationship and a bond, one that I cherish mm-hmm. already. Well, we we had met once in person in a seedy Austin bar during an RTX. <laughs> that's right. Um, and I don't, I, I remember, I remember meeting you, but it was like you, you were being paraded around by someone that worked in sales, I think. And, mm. and, it, but it was like, you were almost like, it felt like you were just doing, not you, but the person who was showing you off was like, you got to meet this person. You got to meet this person. And it was literally like, you got to meet Joe. Hey Joe, how's it going? Hey James, what's going on? And then you were whisked away. And that's how that's that was my interaction with you. Is this was this the party event in the that Austin bar? Yeah, like, the industry sponsored party. party. Yeah, yeah, at market. Yeah, I remember Joe that night. Now I remember. <laughs> yeah, Joe, I also got drunk yeah. that night. Uh-huh. Yeah, Joe didn't feel so good the next morning after that. I was like, my the mm-hmm. only thing I heard Joe say that entire night was, "I gotta pee," and then I never saw him again. <laughs> We was like a four as a foreign experience for us. It was our first RTX. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think my first time in Austin, your first time in Austin, I think, right, Elliot? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, like it's been very nice being kind of like orbiting the Rooster Teeth world. Mm-hmm. And they've been very kind to include us into a lot of things, but we were just getting our, our bearings that yeah, whole yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you guys have been in it for a while, right? Like, how long have you guys been Rooster Teeth affiliated? What? I mean, well. I have I have been a Rooster Teeth employee for five and a half. I think I think in in January it'll be six years, which is kind of wow. crazy to think about. Um, That's a career. But then before that, I worked at Machinima, and uh, and at Machinima, I like we basically through Adam Kovic had a pretty already close relationship because he knew knew a lot of those achievement hunter guys. He knew some of the people in the sales department already. And so we had gone to things as, as machinima employees where we went to a common event like a PAX or whatever, and then we would hang out with Rooster Teeth people there, which is part of the reason why then when machinima, our thing at Machinima ended, we decided, hey, Rooster Teeth is the right place to go to because we already knew so many people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, probably at this point, like six six almost seven years circling that that rooster teeth uh black hole has a negative connotation but yeah what's something with a lot of gravity (laughs) that isn't a black hole that doesn't have a jupiter jupiter has a lot of gravity (laughs) an erupting that really cool black hole (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) one of those reverse black holes yeah (laughs) yeah that you choose to orbit and feel good that'd be a sun right a reverse black hole is a sun yeah they call it a dark pushy (laughs) (laughs) careful that careful I, yeah. I, I, I ran it through my head and I think it was okay. I made it through the filters. Um, so did it you came fall, out, so it must be fun. Well, this is going to naturally, I think, fall into a little bit like uh, a get-to-know-you interview a little mm-hmm. bit because, again, even with like when Elise started doing things with us, it was kind of like, hey, you're cool. Mm-hmm. 
we're cool. Let's just do things. We didn't really, um, there wasn't a lot of history. So, Mm -hmm. um, did you, where did you, did you start at Machinima? Was there something before that? Like, how did you fall into this crazy world where we all ended up on this? I am accidentally wearing it right now for any audio. No way, really? But I have an Attack of the Show t-shirt, which I got because I was a producer on Attack of the Show. Uh, Shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I moved to LA in 2006 and, uh, did a lot of random PA stuff. The most, probably the most interesting job that I had was my first thing. I was an intern for John Malkovich's production company. Um, did you pull Dr. John Malkovich? I did at a six-year-old's birthday party. Um, and <laughs> was he invited or did he just show up? He was invited. So, so he has two Good. producing partners, and then and they are LA based. He like lives out in France somewhere magical. Um, but mm. they one of the producers had a a young daughter, and since I was interning there, she would come into the office and hang out and befriended me, and then invite and then asked her father if I could come to her birthday party, and so. I of course huh. did, but the 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 guy he was like he was like, come to the birthday party, but don't like don't worry, we're gonna throw like a lunch in or whatever in our backyard. So you just come and have lunch with us or whatever on the weekend. I was like cool, and then I went, and then when I arrived, John Malkovich was there along with Hugh Laurie and a couple other ah, a couple other people because those like that's like their friend group or whatever. Like they hang out on the weekends. What a bunch um, of assholes. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I did. They I mean, did like Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. I feel like he matches that vibe perfectly. Yep. Right? Willem Dafoe is probably there mm-hmm. on some weekend in the shadows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Will I am sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then I did. The, I did. You know, the general like, how can I be a director, writer kind of like journey? So PAing and doing all kinds of miscellaneous jobs, and I worked at a True TV. I think at the time it was still Court TV, but uh, a true TV company that did reality compilation. So if you ever saw like most dangerous police chases or like most amazing death videos, I worked in a big room with where I would just watch back local news footage off of VHS tape and then try and find (laughs) things that looked like they were worth being a segment in one of those shows. And you were looking for things that people shouldn't have seen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I never. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I never dealt with stuff that was like nightmare footage because it had already kind of gone through the local news yep. censorship process or whatever. But it would be like, you know, here's a faraway security footage of a guy like touching the wrong wire while he's changing an electric pole and getting shocked and like it's all blocky and stuff and i go i would have to basically do the math and then type into a sheet and go like this is cool you could talk (laughs) about this on the show for five minutes and then i would make this is how old it was i would go tape to tape so i would vhs tape to another vhs tape Mm -hmm. which was just a compilation of all the coolest shit that i found in these other tapes and then hand that off to a producer who would go investigate and see if they could turn it into a show. I did that for a little while. It was terrible. And then through someone that was working there, they knew someone who was working at Attack of the Show, which I just watched as a fan. And I was like, please, can you just let me get in for an interview? And he was like, sure. God. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so, so then I was like, please. So then I went, interviewed, and it was basically to be the person who, uh, writes all the teases so like when it's going to go to a commercial break 
they'd be like, coming up on the show, we've got an interview with, you know, Willem Dafoe. And we're going to go behind the scenes <laughs> on the new Fast and Furious movie. And Olivia Munn's going to lick something or, you know, like, or whatever. And you, I basically had to write these little things. And and so I kind of did a test for them. And then they were like, yeah, come on the show. So then they immediately quit that other job and worked at Attack of the Show for a couple of years. And, uh, and then my job description changed a bunch. But that's how I met, like, a lot of the people that I ended up working with for a long time. Because... Uh, there were Is that how you met people. Elise? How did you and Elise meet? How did you guys? <laughs> Elise, Elise and I met on the internet. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> when, but we met on the internet before it was cool to meet on the internet because um, she's okay. Canadian. So she was actually, not, I mean, not my Canadian girlfriend, but she was my Canadian pen pal mm. when mm. chat rooms were a thing. So when I was probably like 15 or something, 15 or whatever, just like going on chat rooms, I went into a random chat room and then searching started for girlfriends. Searching yeah, for yeah. girlfriends. Um, please let this Horny be the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's like I think it was a music chat room, and then we went. In, I went into this chat room and then started chatting with a bunch of people. But then this one particular person was like, "Oh, this person's really, really funny." And then we were like, Shh, "Whatever." At the time, ICQ or Instant Messenger or whatever. Like, yeah. oh, got, mm-hmm. but let's offline this, which is still online. And then uh, we became like these pen pals, just like we would send messages back and forth and chatted for a while. Um, and then that, that first, was when you were 15? Yeah. 16? That, yeah, yeah, like That's 15, awesome. 16. And that person was Elise. And then, uh, and then, but then eventually, like, you know, senior year of high school and like, you know, got older and then we kind of like drifted. Mm-hmm. It, it was weird because it, okay. as things got more convenient to stay in touch, it just seemed like social networking wasn't a thing. There were no like facebook mm-hmm. or anything at the time you guys are growing you're changing you're going you're changing. to college you're yeah. figuring out who you are so then I we kind of drifted apart and then and then uh it wasn't until i had moved to la and facebook was now everywhere and it was just kind of a thing where it would just find people from your past or whatever that we mm-hmm. ended up around the same time finding each other again on facebook and then sent a message like hey Long time no speak, basically. <laughs> and then we did that for years, too. Then we just became pen pals again. And then at a certain point, uh, I was out of a relationship, and she was out of a relationship, and we were still chatting. And I was like, you know what? I've never been to Canada before. She was living in Toronto at the time. I was like, I've never been to Canada before. I'm gainfully employed. I can buy my own ticket to some way. It was like a I am a weird, adult. Yeah, I'm an adult. It's like a weird independence thing. And I was like, I can <laughs> yeah. I can do this. I was like, I've never been. I'm going to come up for the weekend. And if you want to meet up, we can meet up and hang out. And if not, no worries. Um, but at least I'll have been to Toronto. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and so then I went up for the weekend. And then we met up. And then we just hung out the whole weekend. And then that was that. That's like we're in the adorable territory now, so um, let's throw some adorable music in there. Your relationship with Elise mirrors our relationship with Nick Hamilton, uh, Henry okay. Bowers from It. We went up to Toronto and we had a whirlwind romantic weekend together, and uh-huh. now uh, we're going to be part of each other's lives forever. That's beautiful. That's <laughs> yep. a beautiful story. It's basically the same, beat for beat. <laughs> same damn thing. Did you guys go up to the tower and look down for the, the see-through floor? Uh, we did. We absolutely same did. Thing. The CN Tower, you bet. Um, Love it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we we did the long distance thing for a really long time and went back. She'd come down for a while and she, because like she was, she's 
uh, a couple a couple years younger than me, so she would you know was gross working and stuff and doing and doing other stuff and finishing school and so yeah um, yeah it was uh, James. Cute. Have you seen my butt cream? <laughs> yeah, it's in the drawer with all the rest of your butt cream. Okay. Jeez, too much I'm sorry about that, guys. Shouldn't have that. You can leave that in. shouldn't have that much butt cream. It's too much. <laughs> you should see the jars. It doesn't even come. The butt cream that she has, it doesn't even come in the a tube that you'd squeeze out. It's a mason it's jar. It's a mason jar. Yes. It's a mason jar that. that you have to unthing, and then it has the... the and then you got a cloth scoop yeah, the rim. Yeah. in your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah one of yeah, these guys. <laughs> That's that good butt uh, cream, though. Good for her. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is, was Attack of the Show, correct me if I'm wrong here, mm-hmm. um, when you were working there, it seemed like it was kind of the atmosphere of a lot of these, what we've all kind of been in and out of for the last 10 years, internet companies. It just seemed kind of like run and gun. Like you said, you make friends because you were in the trenches together. Mm-hmm. It wasn't perfect. Maybe yeah. when you left, you were like, glad I'm gone. But then you look back on it probably more fondly than you do through anger eyes. Yeah, well, hmm. There, it was like, I mean, you did, it's nailed. It was the pre-internet company, internet company, but at least it was part of Comcast, so there were certain guidelines that maybe some of these other internet companies don't have in terms of content creation, in terms of, like, we at least know the difference between a camera operator and a producer. Like, you know, like, yeah, it seems like internet and new media companies were like, you know what? Everyone can wear all the hats, mm-hmm. which can be good for some people who are capable of wearing those hats, but it's terrible for other situations when you're like, I just need a sound guy, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, really right. don't need, I don't re- need someone leaning over my shoulder telling me how the shot should be composed. I just need a sound guy to make sure the sound. It's also, gr- yeah, if you're wearing multiple hats and each hat comes with like pay for the work that that oh, hat yeah. does absolutely then that's great mm-hmm. too but yeah, a lot yeah. of times it felt like you're gonna wear all these hats and we're gonna pay you for the price of half a hat yeah for sure and and but i mean it definitely had its share of issues because because it was within that corporate system you had all these really talented workers like producers and stuff coming up with mm-hmm. wild ideas executing on these ideas in in an insane timeline because attack of the show was a daily live show um and you so, did big things too. You guys did some like stunts. Yeah, there was some. I mean, obviously, some stuff was like, okay, we know this is going to happen next Wednesday or whatever. But most of like the heart of the show happened like that morning, because it was so reactionary to the internet, and it had to be so mm-hmm. nimble. And then you'd shoot it live at four p.m. And when the show aired live, it's already irrelevant, which was like basically the the heart of the problem of trying to make a show like that is you can't keep uh-huh. up with the speed of sending someone a link or a video going viral like it's just it's that's instantaneous and if you have to wait from 8 a.m to 4 p.m to be able to show someone something that's already you've already lost so many people um but the people there were extremely talented worked really hard and then you would get into the upper management and the corporate side of things and it was a disaster because they didn't know what to do with that. Like they knew they had that coveted 18 to 34 yep. audience or whatever, but they didn't know what to do with it. And then they would outsource these like other shows. One of my favorite shows that came around while I was there was called Hurl. Um, I kind of remember Hurl. <laughs> yeah. It was basically a show where um, you would have these contestants 
do like food challenges and then they would also do like nausea challenges as well. And the winner was the person who threw up the last. And this show made it all the nope. way through production. Nope. <laughs> nope. They, they filmed the whole season of this show with the intention of it being this big tentpole kind of thing for the G4 television network. And it wasn't until it was close to being aired that they found out that the SNP department was not okay with them showing vomit and they would be fined by the FCC or something. So that's then, the show. So then they had to go do a pass on the show where they covered all the vomit with the hurl logo. So oh, there's no hurl oh. in hurling. Like it's just a dude mm-hmm. go, like leaning over gagging as the giant hurl logo is like floating over him like you're trying to blur nope. out a penis or whatever. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work. I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, you know, I don't want to see a dude vomit, but I also am like, yeah, that's just not going to work if you. But it yeah, should have been you know, someone should have seen shots. that beforehand. Some executive was like, "This yep. is an amazing idea." No functional person came up with this and thought it was a good idea, and they wasted a yeah. lot of money doing that. So, anytime oh, you have an amazing idea, it's always good to to ask yourself why you had the amazing idea and someone else didn't and already do it. And if yep. there's a reason that they yep. didn't do it, like yes. maybe not being able to show vomit <laughs> yes. on people on that screen, yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah, that's very. I'm so glad we don't do stuff right now that's um, <laughs> like immediately reactive to whatever's mm-hmm. going on. I think uh, somebody tweeted about, it, but mm-hmm. SourceFed was always like right, like morning of, like this happened and this is the news, and we got like a, an opinion on it. Man, I'm so stoked that that's not a thing right now. That I'm not like waking up and being like, I gotta, I gotta say my thoughts right now because. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. dizzy and tired. Well, especially now, I was I was commenting that like the last four years, I thought would have been, I don't want to say impossible, but we we did source fed uh, during a time of just like. I kind of think happiness. 2012 to mm-hmm. 2015, the world wasn't necessarily uh, disintegrating right in front mm-hmm. of our eyes. The politics weren't super crazy. Everything was pretty positive. Felix Baumgartner went to the edge of space and jumped out of a thing and it was really fun to cover. Mm-hmm. Coney 2012, we were like, this is as bad as it gets. Mm-hmm. So we could be kind of <laughs> like... get crazier than this. Yeah, we could, we could have like kind of the, way too much fun with things that we shouldn't have been covering with our limited journalistic uh, integrity anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I couldn't imagine trying to just like do a new, a daily news show yeah. with how crazy and tribalistic everything is and how cancel culture has, is now part of it. You would just be swallowing your words yeah. so much that you couldn't do an effective job, at least not the way that we did source fed, which was like kind of cheeky and not taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Like Phil, Phil DeFranco can still do it because he takes it seriously enough. We never did. And like somebody tweeted out, they were like, SourceFed would have covered the debate so well the next day. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't, I don't know if we would have. Yeah. (laughs) Things not, we may have covered it well. There wouldn't have been a SourceFed the next day though. Like I don't think, (laughs) yeah, shouldn't be, I shouldn't, we shouldn't have too much rope given to us. Yeah, in this it, situation, yeah. it definitely. I mean, so, I feel like that definitely feels like across the board. I mean, you guys are comedians, and like even outside of the no, you guys are comedians. You guys are absolutely <laughs> comedians. Um, but uh, but like I feel like outside of even like the source fed, like the employment side of it, I feel like just as a personality, like who someone who like really values comedy and in terms of your public 
persona or image or whatever like that's a big part of it is making people laugh like lightheartedness mm-hmm. and making people laugh i do feel like something so things have changed in the last several years where you can't just go like what's the funniest thing i can think of right now and then say it because it's mm. probably not that not inappropriate inappropriate isn't the right word it's just like it's just gonna be taken differently because there's things happening in the world that are probably more important and yep like your little chirping of this whatever thing isn't going to help anybody like you know so it's just you more noise I, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean 100%. are you guys feeling that at all over with what you guys are doing because elliot and i have talked about this and steven I mean, we've even mentioned it on the podcast like mm-hmm. 2020 in general with the quarantine and us being away from each other like cr- trying to curate comedy and mm-hmm. this isn't like wah wah you know, I'm yeah, in yeah. a certain place. It's just, but it's true. You're like, one, I don't think anything's funny right now, so that's hard. Mm-hmm. Two, I don't know if I should be saying anything anyways. And mm-hmm. three, I don't know if I'm the person that should be saying anything right now. Like, it's not my time. So it's like, yeah, what do I do? And then you end up making something, hopefully something that you're inspired by, and you and you power through those worries because at the end of the day, there are people there that are hoping for that distraction and that comedy and yeah, that laugh. But sure. we've just been like at times, like I don't, I don't think I can do anything for today. Mm. No yeah. one needs to hear. Yeah. I also feel like there's like a little bit of um, like, I still think things are very funny, but I'm thinking like, it's almost like comedy just sort of switched manufacturers a little bit. And like, now it's not made by comedians and standups being like, here's a fun joke. It's like the comedy is just in the sheer absurdity of everything that's happening, mm-hmm. but it sucks because that means that it's surrounded and like embedded and all this other dark crap. And so you just have to like try to find humor. Like each mm-hmm. person is like on their own. Like, I guess this, this now is kind of funny and mm-hmm. I guess I'll like, find humor in that. But yeah, when you start getting on Twitter and you're like, here's a witty one. I'm just like, I, I actually feel, I mean, it's a little bit of jealousy for the, the, the comedians and the Twitterers out there that are just like, tweet 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 like this is my joke mm-hmm. for this this is my thought for this here's my rebuttal for this and i'm like how do you even have the energy to do yeah. that yeah like, how do you, sure. and, i mean good for you but yeah it's uh it's fascinating yeah i think i think part of it is when you have something else going on that you're like it doesn't matter how this is received on twitter because that's it yeah i have something else going on that's that's gonna pay my bills number one and number two is like you know way more important then I can I can basically use Twitter as this kind of dumping ground because who cares yep. if people like it? Yeah, sure, great. If people don't don't like it and don't engage with it at all, like who cares? It doesn't bother me. Um, yep. I think I think for some of us that are this other phase again, I'm using the word comedian that like we no I no one's calling me and my agent which I don't have to say I want to book you for this college thing or whatever and go like have you do some comedy and on stage for no one's doing that for me so my stage is the places where i get to perform which are basically twitter and then in our videos and then when elise and i do stuff when i appear in like your guys's stuff like those are like the small stages that i get to have yeah and if the reception is bad there then i don't get to do that anymore you know yeah <laughs> the stakes are kind of high yeah so it, it definitely it's stupid because for and this is something i've been dealing with a lot recently because i feel the same way where I, I just don't feel as funny like i look outside and i go like i'm no george carlin i can't find the 
perfect way to phrase this so that way mm -hmm. everyone everyone understands where I'm coming from and I also shine a light on the things in a funny way that should should be brightened. Um, right. yep. I'm not that good and I would never claim to be that good. But uh, so just saying whatever seems like a waste. It's, it's I don't know. It's tough. It, it, it is really tough. I don't I don't feel like I have that that skill despite loving mm -hmm. trying it. And in a couple of years ago, I you know say what you will. Things have always been bad, um, but now it seems like they're more overtly bad. It seems like this is a point where the there are certain voices that should be heard more than probably others. Mm -hmm. um, that name me. name what voices on this podcast people should not need to hear out of the from. three of us out of the three of us i would say what about us three do people not think is gonna have yeah, it all yeah. figured out for what you're looking at on screen the voice probably most deserving to be heard is the parakeet uh behind yes. elliot over, over his shoulder um but no, that's like, true because that might yeah. have Malcolm's voice recorded in it because he might have been the last one to use it. There so. you go. Yeah, but I, Malcolm yeah, Barrett it, in the parakeet. Should we find out? You want to find out? <laughs> no, because I don't know what's in that. I wouldn't press it. We'll edit it out. We'll edit it out. No, because there's a good chance this will need to be edited out. Hello. Just very just hard. Just hello. And, that, and I, I think know. we needed that. That was yeah, really, I, that was good. That's oh. see, that's what we need. Yeah. Now my anxiety is like shooting through the roof. All right. Okay. Now, we're oh, now, it's the, now it's the Joker. That was a little. <laughs> what we're doing. That was borderline. <laughs> so you went oh, okay. And, okay um, back going back to what we were talking about mm -hmm. with the um, a lot of people that are doing what we all do. This mm -hmm. internet uh, stuff, content creation. It sounds like. How did you stumble into doing on camera? Because you. It sounds like you went to do the the behind the scenes stuff. And yeah. A lot of people fall in front of the camera kind of probably what you were talking about before it's like here's seven hats and mm -hmm. one of them today you're on camera yeah for sure i mean it was basically that so i mean like i have always kind of been performative and when when the opportunity arose to do things on camera i would always jump at them but again when you're dealing with something like g4 there's pretty stringent guidelines about like we can't just throw anyone on camera um, and stuff like that. So it never just the opportunity never arose. And I focused on my one hat, um, that I, that I tried to wear as well as possible. And so I eventually left G4, like what you were saying of my own accord, because it was, it stopped being fun. Um, and, uh, and so then I was like, all right, I'm going to do my own stuff. I'm going to direct things. And I bought a bunch of camera equipment and I shot some music videos for a little while. And I was like, ha ha. I made no money doing any of this and I have rent. So then I ended up working um, in a post-production house, did that for a little while, basically doing QC on uh, Blu-rays and all kinds of stuff. I ended up watching mm -hmm. all of Power Rangers. I worked at the post house that was digitizing Power Rangers to Netflix and I watched all of Power Rangers. Do you appreciate it more or do you hate it? I appreciate it way more. I watched yeah. it as a kid, mm. but I found things in the, sh in the series that I was like, this is a good show, and people, this if we could have more of this in our television, Game of Thrones could learn a thing or two from Power Rangers. Um, um, but then ultimately, that became so draining. Like it was, it was the most job job. Like it was mm -hmm. like punching the clock. Basically, yeah. A bad day was going in and watching two pretty boring movies. Which is not That's a bad cool. day by any means, but it doesn't get you get nothing from it and and yep. and stuff. So um, the opportunity to 
work at Machinima came up from someone that I had worked with at G4. Um, a lot of those guys moved over to uh, Machinima because just the way that was like gaming nerd kind yeah, of media. That, they were kind of like, that's during the time where they were kind of on the mm-hmm. rise, right? Like yeah. Machinima's huge. Yeah. So forget. So then I met someone over there, jumped over to uh, Machinima and then did really nothing creative for a while. I like signed people to partnerships. Um, well, not the sketchy contracts that were on for forever. This is more like if you are already a partner member, I tried to find opportunities for you to do more things for more money. Basically. Bless your soul. Yeah, I was like, in terms of the the evil, I was just slightly above the evil. <laughs> um, but I hated that too. And then I got laid off. And then... Um, and you really hated it then. <laughs> and I was like, well, what am I going to do? Um, and then after I got laid off the next day, Bruce Green called because he was working there at the time. But he was working on the creative production side. And he said, hey... I know you just got laid off, but I can. I have freelance budget. I can pay you to come back in and freelance edit for us because I'm working on this gaming news Hell show. Hell yeah, Bruce. So I said, cool. So then I immediately, I, I didn't have any time off. I literally got laid off, and then I went back the next day as though nothing changed, but in a completely different role, um, which makes you kind of think it's funny about how layoffs work because they weren't paying me anything. And then when I came back as a freelancer, I was ending, I ended up making more money than yeah. I was before. Yeah. So why did they lay all those people off? Anyway, um, but... Uh, <laughs> it begs the question. It begs the question. Um, and so then I started editing videos for them, but then part of the process was I had to make these funny gameplay videos. We want to get into ga- comedy gameplays. How can we make them funny? And so I was cutting these funny videos. And at a certain point, Bruce was like, it'll probably be way easier for you to edit if you just sit in the room while we're recording them so you're already familiar with the material. You're getting closer and closer and to so the camera. I was like, camera. cool. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So I'm like basically sitting in the room with the, a, a metaphorical notepad going like, all right, trying to trying to remember what they're doing. And then there would be a point where there would be a lull Mm. And they and they would be like, oh, what should we say? And I was like, you should say this. And I'd basically do it from off camera. And he's then, part of the crew now. <laughs> he's in. And then and then eventually Bruce and it didn't. It honestly didn't take long. This is like over the span of a couple of weeks. Bruce was like, Bruce was like, just let's just sit in the chair. And then then we'll just do it. So then that's that's kind of so the three Adam, Bruce, and I just ended up kind of doing that. And that's kind of from from there is what I've been doing ever since. And we're just going to cut uh, right now. We're going to give you some ads. How are you guys enjoying the podcast with James? Isn't he lovely? It's the first time I've ever gotten to know him. And man, he's just a wonderful person. I don't know if you've told you the story yet so far and how he and Elise met, but it's very cute. Anyway, uh, I'm here to tell you guys about some products slash services that we here at the Valley Folk fully endorse. And if you would like to help the Valley Cast, you can use any of these uh, at your own leisure. Guys, there are tons of VPN providers out there. You've probably heard of a couple of them. And some of you may have even used a VPN before, but I like to do research on my sponsors and I only recommend brands to my listeners that I believe in, okay? So I can say with full confidence that ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. Here's why it allows me to watch Great British Baking Show before it gets on uh, on Netflix, and that's very important to me. ExpressVPN does not log your data. Lots of really cheaper free VPNs make money by selling your data to ad companies. ExpressVPN doesn't do that. ExpressVPN developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your info, and that's very comforting. Second is speed. I've tried lots of VPNs in the past. Sure, we'll go with it. Many slow your connection down or make your device sluggish. I've been using ExpressVPN for... Pfft, 
I guess going on uh, the beginning of the year and my internet speeds are blazing fast even when I uh, connect to servers thousands of miles away. I can still stream HD quality videos with zero lag. The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart from other VPNs is how easy it is to use. This part's actually very true because I'm an idiot when it comes to this stuff. Unlike other VPNs, you don't have to input or program anything. What are you, some kind of a nerd? You just fire up the app and click one button to connect. It's so easy even when your grandparents, even your grandparents could use it. Mine are dead, but I bet it's that easy. And it's not just me saying this. I'm talking about Wired, The Verge, my dead grandparents, CNET, and many other tech experts rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN in the world. How cool is that? So here's what you're gonna do. Protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Use my link, expressvpn.com slash valleycast today and get an extra three months on a one-year package, which you should definitely do. It comes in very handy. That's expressvpn.com slash valleycast. Visit expressvpn.com slash valleycast to learn more. That's expressvpn.com slash valleycast today and get an extra three months free with the one month package. But Elliot, what, what other things, Elliot, I'll tell you, well, during these economically turbulent times, you guys, everyone is looking for a way to feel more financially secure. So if you're still needlessly throwing money every month at high interest credit card debt, who doesn't like that? I've been there. It's time you checked out Upstart, the revolutionary online lending program that knows you're more than just a credit score. Now is the time to find out how low your upstart rate can be to help pay off high interest credit card debt. Unlike other lenders, upstart can reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. You don't need a degree or diploma to apply though. Upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000 so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed rate payment. Upstart makes it fast and simple to check your rate since it's just a soft pull. It won't affect your credit scores. You don't have to worry about that. The hard pull happens if you accept your rate and proceed with your application. The best part, if the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Ooh, money, money. That's so nice. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards and meet their financial goals. Remember goals? <laughs> Free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt and get back to using your money your way with Upstart. So you can see why Upstart has a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash valleycast to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash valleycast, okay? Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. So hurry now to upstart.com slash valleycast to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. But Elliot, this is so fun. What other services can you possibly tell me about? How about something for your butt? <clears throat> you have a butthole? Well, guess what? This app's for you. It's hard to believe that when we go to the bathroom in this country, most of us wipe instead of wash. That doesn't sound so unbelievable to you. Try it and you, have, you become a convert and, and you will. We've talked about this before. We have a whole show based on it. We're big fans of butt hygiene. For years, bidets have been available, but hideously expensive, costing thousands of dollars. The Hello Tushy Modern Bidet Attachment is here to democratize the blessings bestowed by bidets and offer clean buttholes to everyone. Hello Tushy cleans your butt with a precise stream fresh water, a friendly stream of fresh water. Something that says I'm here, but don't be alarmed. And it's just for $79, that's it. It attaches to your existing toilet, requires no electricity or additional plumbing, and cuts toilet paper used by 80%. So the Hello Tushy bidet pays for itself in a few months. Because with Hello Tushy, you don't wipe it all. Even the best two-ply can just cut it. Can't just cut it when it comes to a hands-free poop experience. I don't like the, some of the words that they use there. Ditch paper products and uncomfortable chafing when you switch to the soothing cleansing stream of water from a Hello Tushy bidet attachment. I'm 33 years old. And every Hello Tushy bidet attachment comes with a 60-day risk-free guarantee and a 12-month warranty. You're going to love it. They're wonderful. Join millions of happy Hello Tushy customers right now and have a clean butt with every flush. Go to hellotushy.com slash valleycast to get 10% off. That's a hello 
hellotushy.com slash valleycast for 10% off. A special offer for our listeners, just you guys, just your butts, just your buttholes at hellotushy.com slash valleycast for 10% off. Helps us, helps your butt, helps the environment, helps you, helps your pocketbook. It's a wonderful thing. Hellotushy.com slash valleycast for 10% off. Now back to James. That's actually just, that's how Jon Snow got into Game of Thrones. He was really? just a PA over on the side, and uh-huh. he just started yelling yeah. cheeky yeah. things, and eventually wow. he was a character. That's the exact same <laughs> <Yeah>. storyline. <laughs> say you so! Crow. <laughs> say you crow! <laughs> uh, I think James, the redhead's you, cute! Uh, <laughs> I, have you guys seen, did you guys watch The Social Dilemma? Have you guys seen that? Not I'm yet. afraid to. Not I know what it is. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm on the precipice right now of already deleting Facebook. The only reason mm-hmm. I haven't yet is because, like, I got pictures of kids mm-hmm. uh, right. and, like, what really kids? fun memories. Wait, that it what reminds kids? Me. Not yeah. mine. Not mine. Just Others. kids? I got just pictures children? of my kids. Okay. <laughs> I can't lose the yeah. ones that yeah. I just took. All right. Um, and I'm sure I could just privatize it or whatever, but I'm over it. I'm done with Facebook. Mm-hmm. I just – and I know the, the thing that you're about to say is just scary and I hate it. Mm-hmm. No, I think, yeah, it just ties into that, like, feeling of, you know, the I, that we were talking about earlier, but also in what you're saying, like, doing the gaming thing and, like, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Do you feel, James, like, when you, like, do you feel, we were talking about a little bit before going, I wasn't really there for the conversation, but a little bit of burnout, and it's mm-hmm. clear, you know, in the conversations that we're having that that's, uh, I think, universally felt. Mm-hmm. But, like, how are you doing with everything? Because, like, with the combination of things like the social dilemma and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and then ev- all the divisive nature, and then just the rigmarole of still doing kind of the same stuff, is that, mm-hmm. like, how you do it? <laughs> I mean, it's it's really tough, and I've been doing it for a very long time, and... And this is going to, this is such a, not pretentious creative, but it's like, I'm very lucky to have a job where I get to be creative. There's, there's so many people that I've met in my life. I'm like, you're hilarious. If you went after this, you'd be way better at this than me. But your life circumstances just haven't allowed you to pursue this, right? There's so many funny people that I've met in my life that, that could be way funnier than the funniest people I know. Um, but it just hasn't hasn't worked out for them, um, so I'm very, I'm very grateful. But there's definitely something about being able to step away from it and recalibrate yourself that encourages the creative process to evolve and get better. And I've been yeah. doing I've been doing pretty much the same thing for you know what we were saying if we count Rooster Teeth plus Inside Gaming for about like eight years, and so and it's been daily daily content for the last eight years so i'm not i'm not ever going to kid myself and think that the next thing i come up with is going to be the funniest thing i've ever said because i think i'm better when i can come up with a funny joke wait and then make sure that's the funniest version of that joke and you don't really have any time to do that um with what i do um it's made me feel like a very confident improviser and feel like I yeah, can it's kind of freeing, right? Yeah, have, yeah, you have guys a conversation with anyone. Compliment train. Very funny. Thank you. I appreciate that. Choo-choo. Um, but when... Choo-choo, good oh, for you. are coming for me. <laughs> Someone stole the conversation. <laughs> there it is. Um, but, it's uh, the butt cream police. <laughs> get, your, get your hand out of the drawer. Um, <laughs> but I do like the ability to try and come up with a funny joke. Like, what is the best phrasing of this joke? You know, what is the best version? And, and you need time to kind of let that facilitate. If we had seasons... I, sometimes yeah, I look right? at SNL and I go, God, they're so lucky. <laughs> they only have to do yeah. 35 episodes a year or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. And I know that is a slog, too. 
Um, yeah, that's a different type of uh, we just got to shit it out really fast mm-hmm. and, and get it done. I call it um, – I've been formulating thoughts on everything because I've been doing this world for, I think, 14 or 15 years now too mm-hmm. in different ways. And I, I've been describing a lot of the, the downsides of being in this world. And again, business conversation, not complaining too much, mm-hmm. but call it like YouTube poison brain or social media poison brain where – yeah. Um, there's different versions of it, like needing to feel like you have to post on Twitter or or Instagram, and it's nothing productive, and it's all just false validation that mm-hmm. like you need that dopamine hit, and we don't realize that that's what it's about. I haven't yeah. posted on Instagram forever. I should post. No one yep. cares. Yep. But you want to see the interaction. You want to see the likes. You may say you hate it, but it, it hits you in the mm-hmm. the brain spot. That's one part of you, like uh, YouTube poison. The other is what you're talking about right now, where everything is so f- quickly turned around and there's benefits and there's there's also cons to this that long-term planning is a skill that i think i'm afraid has deteriorated mm-hmm. for me because i'm very good at i got an idea i mm-hmm. need to get it out of my brain and yeah. it's out on the internet and i'm done mm-hmm. um and i think you have that elliot has that um we all do, but then the longer-term projects like you're talking about, they seem a little bit more daunting because those aren't the muscles that we've been flexing mm-hmm. for 10 years. For sure. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like you're on a treadmill, and you yeah. got to like get off the treadmill in order to like do weightlifting. You're like, yeah. I want to lift weights and become big and strong, but I'm on this treadmill, and I have to stay on this treadmill because I get off this treadmill. Everyone's going to unfollow me, and no one's going to like me, and I'm going to die alone <laughs> in the gutter. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much, <laughs> yeah. That's that's it. They're gonna come for me because I've already gotten away with this for too long. Anyway, I never should have been allowed in this <laughs> gym. There's there's been this thing happening on Twitter um, where I think Twitter is doing like a purge of like dead and like bot accounts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I've been looking at my analytics and I'm losing followers. Like, uh, and so do you guys know? Not you okay. guys, you guys know Joel Rubin. Yep, so that's our cross section. That's our Venn diagram together. Joe Joe Rubin, by the way, one of my favorite ah. people on the planet on planet Earth. Um, but he's great because he's been posting screenshots of his analytics, and it's like you have lost five hundred followers this month. And like he's, he's like he's like oh well, or he'll post a tweet and then follow it up with the analytics of like how many followers he lost. And I've I've messaged him to that's say really funny. I've messaged him to say that like I don't think this is people actively walking like. I think it takes too much energy for most people to go like goodbye and then click away. I think it's just a Twitter maintenance thing that happens because this happens every once in a while. Dude, um, I didn't know anything about this because I my followers too were dropping. And I was like, did I go full socialist? Like, I feel like I've been yeah. so like I don't think I've been super <laughs> polarizing. So that makes a whole lot of sense. Also, Joel Rubin had uh, one. I don't know if he still does, but the, my first impression of him because he went to SourceFed and and mm-hmm. the Discovery DeFranco complex uh, after I had left basically and but my first impression of him was his bio on Twitter mm-hmm. and it was something like I love every one of you as individuals but as a collective I hate you with a fiery passion yeah. or something like <laughs> yeah. that and I was like I was like oh that's I like that. I was yeah. like, that's a real good uh, sentiment. <laughs> As individuals, I absolutely adore you. As just a conglomerate number, oh, no thank you. No yeah, thank yeah, you. for sure. Um, I used to do a thing on Twitter called, uh, like, I, what was it like? And here's 10 jokes about blank, and it'd be like about mm-hmm. flowers. And then I would just do 10 tweets 
yeah. oh, about yeah. one subject. And then after it, I would post the analytics of the experiment. So it'd be like, number of jokes, <laughs> yeah, 10. Yeah. Number of likes, boom. Number of retweets, boom. And then always at the bottom, number of unfollows, 235. <laughs> yeah. I wish you would just put number of followers, number of follows, negative 235. Yeah. Well, that yeah. is funny. Okay. That's how Twitter does. I love, I love how Twitter does it where it's like, you've gained negative 582 followers. I'm like, there's something in the language here that is wrong. Yeah. I get emails from LinkedIn. They're like, people are looking at your resume. And I click on it, and it's just one big, the number one. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to let me know if one person has looked up my LinkedIn that I didn't even know I had. Yeah. Um, but um, so so anyway, just back like it it, it definitely where it shouldn't matter, and I know why it's it's happening. If it's happening to you, it's happening to Joel. It's happening to a bunch of people that like followers are going down. It shouldn't matter. They're they're non entities. Let them go. They yes. they don't count to anything. They're like it isn't even about like because there's something to be said about I don't even want to have followers that I disagree with on things. But then there's another thing where it's like they are not they're nothing. They are literally a blank nothing account. It's space on a hard drive that's being mm-hmm. deleted but you're still like this is the end well I'm just gonna keep going until i hit zero and then i'll have to <laughs> then i'm gonna have to refigure out what i'm gonna i'll be 38 years old and i'm gonna try and have to figure out what i'm doing to do it all over again you know i wonder if yep, amazon yeah. warehouses are hiring because you know that's job security i mean i could do that for years so you put on a robot mask and you're like, I'm AI, hire yeah. me, hire yeah. me. <laughs> I will follow you. I will follow you. Uh, but yeah, funny. so we get it. Um, okay. Yeah. So I got uh, some questions from our patrons that I do want to jump into. Mm-hmm. But first I want to ask you, I want to tell you guys a little story and I, I just want to do it mainly because I love it. And to uh, I'm finding that my brain is dying, so I want to put the stories that I really enjoy um, on record so I can go back to them okay. in the next few years when I don't remember them. But anyways, uh, I was hanging out with my friend John, and him and his wife uh, are my kids' godparents. Mm-hmm. And they went to – it was like the last movie that we, they went to, one of the last movies before COVID hit. Uh, they took my son and their son – they were ages six and I think seven at the time – to Rampage. Okay, yeah. Uh, the 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 rock vehicle mm-hmm. next to other uh, CG creatures based on a great video game, if mm-hmm. you guys haven't played it. Um, and they were going in, and this was kind of, it gets kind of intense. I wasn't there, but apparently, like, there's some pretty scary stuff in the movie. And one specific scene is when the wolf character, the giant wolf, like, I guess totally just chows down on, mm-hmm. a, on a human. And my son hadn't really seen a lot of action and a lot of, intense imagery like that yet and my wife and john's wife were the ones that went with the kids my wife got up to go to the bathroom when this scene started apparently so this wolf is doing his wolf thing on the screen and Lacey, the other mom looks over and she sees that my son is starting to like cower and go Mm -hmm. in inside of himself so she she goes over to her son and she goes hey jackson's a lot a little scared can you comfort him can you say something to make him feel better Mm -hmm. and then uh seven-year-old harrison is his name he leans over to my son and he goes hey this is gonna be the scariest thing that you've ever seen in your life and you'll never be the same again (laughs) he's got his arm around him being his friend and then he turns to his mom and he gives a thumbs up (laughs) And a smile, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's how one old of my is his favorite. Kid? 
they were they were six and five at the time i think or six wow. and seven. Oh, man yeah that's He's just great. a little older but he was so he really thought he helped hey yeah. this is going to be the scariest thing that you've ever seen and you're <laughs> never going to be the same after this i mean long term <laughs> jackson was his name yeah uh, jackson's my son harrison's the oh harrison the, uh, the advice giver, the consoler. Harrison. Harrison is long term. He's he could that could be the better advice though, right? Is right? like yeah, this <laughs> this meaningless scene from a movie is going to be the scariest thing you've ever <laughs> the seen. Worst. It's going to be the yeah. worst. It gets so better about, about all those. Like, everything else is going to yeah. be fine. Pales in comparison. <laughs> yeah. No sweat. No hey, six year old. Yeah. This is the worst it's ever going to get. Yeah. <laughs> Five year old. <laughs> I just yeah, love the idea job. of the, the, the turn up. back to mom. Mission idea. accomplished. Yeah, <laughs> he's standing on an aircraft carrier. Mission accomplished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> did it. Anything yeah. else Where you need? Get a flight suit, Harrison. <laughs> yeah. Where did you steal that from? All right. Okay. Well, hit me with a prompt, Joe. I got you. So over on Patreon.com/slash/TheValleyFolk, we've been doing this thing on this podcast where, you know. Let's. We wanted to uh, take some of the the prompts that they've been giving us on your show and and bring them into this medium, and it's worked really well so far. And I love having the interaction. So if you want to be part of this, please go over to that Patreon and support us, and you can help curate content right along with us. If you think about it, Amen. you are controlling Amen. right now the puppet that is James. Like you're going to make I him talk. It. I will do anything they say. Anything. Isn't that cool. <laughs> <laughs> um. A lot of these are actually in line with uh, the conversation that we've had um, regarding uh, hard times during um, this crazy world in 2020. So Trevor Swanson asks, where is your happy place? Mm. Like in Happy Gilmore, mine is Lake Michigan Beach in West Michigan during midsummer sunsets. It's both nostalgic and beautiful. Hey, Trevor, no one asked you. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to be asking us a question, Trevor. Where does he, yeah. is that something he, he normally does? He asks a question? Excuse me, Professor. <laughs> what's, what's, what's two times four? It's eight. Like, no, come on. We're here to learn. <laughs> Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, Thank Trevor. you, Trevor. Trev, Trev. On the off chance that that also could have been one of our magical spots. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, yeah. Now I have nothing it. to say for the next Take 10 it. minutes. <laughs> that specific spot in Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have one? Do you have like a, I guess it's like, what's your favorite spot on earth? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's tough. I mean, I mean, I like the beach. Yeah. Same. But that's pretty generic. Mm-hmm. That's not like. Do you have a favorite beach? Like that's the beach I go to in I my mean, childhood dreams. I like Florida. The Florida beaches in Sarasota and Longboat Key and all that. I grew up going there, but that's just a beach. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard not to feel like it's a happy place in mm-hmm. some way because it's a beach but you don't like the beach joe you're a yeah Montana we've talked boy. about this i'm not a i'm not you're a not beach, a beach guy. guy i will Find- say i just went to topanga mm-hmm. uh up in the hills of topanga okay um which is how uh topanga lawrence got her name mm-hmm. uh oh. and have you guys been to topanga before i don't is that think out, so is that going out uh yeah towards Oxnard? Like, like yeah it's way? well it's literally like 20 minutes away it's like past it's like Calabasas area. It's like right past yeah. where source fed used to be. But it's like these hills up there that you can go. It's mm-hmm. and it's real close to the beach, but it's like the mountains and it's like the woods. And over this week, week past weekend we were in a 
little Airbnb and there was deer everywhere and there was like fog like in the in the foresty areas of Los Angeles and it was like 60 degrees at night. Mm-hmm. It was like right up there and it was lovely and beautiful. So I understand the forest thing. I know where you're talking about. I think that if you keep going on that road, you come to Pepperdine University, which is just uh, an insane place to go to college. I know. I know. <laughs> I do know. Yeah. I've heard, I've read the, some of the things on their website, um, which are different. But what do you, what's y'all's happy places? Sorry, I trevored the whole conversation there. <laughs> Ugh, well, at least you were asked. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so <shitty>. God. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a beach lover too. I like if I could live close to the ocean, I would. Um, and in terms of like the best beaches that I've ever been to, I've been lucky enough to travel to. Uh, Sydney, Australia, a couple times, and oh, wow. um, I did it. And I would say it definitely has some of the best beaches that like I've ever been to. Um, cool, because I, 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 it's not about being isolated alone on a beach. I still like the idea of beach people enjoying the beach, and you can walk and go get a burger somewhere or whatever. And so, like, yeah. it, there's some Bondi Beach is can be really crowded but the times i've gone it's been really pleasant and really nice um and there's like a grassy knoll where elise and i ended up watching an outdoor movie one time that's Uh, pleasant oh that's nice we saw we saw the jumanji uh first jumanji movie um that first the first new jumanji movie you mean the first new one with the rock yeah the first that is a great movie yeah it's a good movie yeah and I was never, I wasn't sure for a long time because I was like, the bias of the location may have influenced my, because we basically were like outside <laughs> oh, underneath, yeah. like the perfect, perfect uh, starlight and stuff watching this movie while eating pizza. And I was like, I don't know if it gets any better than this. This movie might be terrible, but I have no idea. But, um, but yeah, so it's yep. like, it's just a very beautiful place and um, oh, topless as well. So, <laughs> you know, you never <laughs> you know what you're going to see. watched Jumanji on a topless beach? Yeah, technically. Technically, I did. Um, yeah, and So I would great. say that's my happy place. That's a, that's a good <laughs> memory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so good. Like, you might not even been eating pizza. You might have just been eating rocks. It's yeah. Just, you didn't, it was just all <laughs> so uh-huh. good. I'm just so happy. It's beautiful. Everything na- yeah. Everybody's naked. Beautiful. All content. I will concede to pleasant beach experiences when it's not a billion degrees because I hate being super hot. Uh, and it's not like just a disgustingly dirty sand situation. That's where I just mm. get I, I have to I have to knock it out. Yeah. But a, a cool day on the beach like it doesn't where it's not like you might even be wearing pants and mm-hmm. walking up and down. I like the coast. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm not a, the sand experience. You're like a Pocono beach man. There we go. I don't right. know. Yeah. So. I don't poke a no, <laughs> Kokomo. Um, there you go. Are you guys? Is that is? So are you? Uh, do you have a preference on East or West Coast beaches? Because I know that's a, a hot topic for some people. I don't really have a preference. No, I'll You're take wrong. any beach I can get. <laughs> oh, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Are you East Coast? <laughs> beach? wrong. You're wrong, and I'm upset. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I like East Coast, but only because uh, honestly. All of them are great, but warm water is nice to swim in over freezing cold water, mm, uh, in my opinion. But sometimes nowadays in Florida, the beach water is truly 
like it it is the temperature of urine and it does feel sometimes kind of gross to get into but still better than this freezing cold ungodly water that we have here mm-hmm. that you'll catch something in. I was uh, what l- about you joe where's your literally I in the ocean um yeah i didn't realize the ocean here was considered super cold but now mm-hmm. i guess i know hmm, weird um, i swam in the gulf of mexico and that was hot as hell that was like a sauna yeah yes um okay uh oh what's mine uh, wait i talked yeah. I've talked about it before, but it's it's Glacier National Park, but specifically within it, there is a two-mile hike up to a lake called Avalanche Lake. And in this two-mile hike, you're walking through an inland maritime rainforest with a bunch of cedars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Lord of the Rings-esque. It's, um, it's beauty that is uncompared, beyond mm-hmm. compare. Um, and what you get, what I really like about it is that it's a two, it's a two mile hike, and that's not a lot of work to get to one of the most beautiful images that you may ever stumble upon. Mm-hmm. You come out of this clearing, you go through the brush, and then you just hit this glacial lake, and it is like in a bowl. You're mm-hmm. surrounded with mountains, the whole like you're just coming in in this little entrance, and you see the bowl, and then in the distance on these mountains, if you're going there at the right time of the year, early spring. There are like seven cascading waterfalls in mm. the distance, and they're all feeding this glacier lake. A little excessive. Um, there's very few people there usually, mm-hmm. um, but that's it. Like if you have to put in that much work to get that, that yeah, nice yeah. of a of a view, it's just Beautiful. you know it's work. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's my spot um, for sure. Uh, and then glacier in general is just a good a good place to go um, to get away and think. Like what you were talking about earlier. If you can just get away from all of this for even mm-hmm. five days, it's a complete reset. Yeah, and for sure. if you can reset your mind, start looking at things that you're not looking at on the on the daily, mm-hmm. uh, the jokes, the creativity, it just starts flowing back in. Yeah, it's a good reset. I agree. Yep. So that's Beautiful. it for me. Um, okay, we'll follow that up with a hard hitting one. Merica from patreon.com slash the valley folk asks your favorite chip and soda combo. Did they answer immediately after? They're like, mine's, Absolutely not. Mine's hot. But Trevor said something. Trevor said <laughs> Oh, Trevor <laughs> chimed in on this one, too. Trevor actually has something to say. Uh, man, I'm so gross with this stuff. You know those wavy chips that you dip the, in the French onion dip uh-huh. that comes in that little jar? Uh-huh. Yeah, good those stuff. and like some diet coke just to kill myself, <laughs> just, to, <laughs> just to pump myself full of chemicals and just see what happens. It's awful. And yeah. beer. I don't think beer counts as a soda, but chips in a soda would be, not, or chips in a beer. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Beer should be marketed as uh, funner soda. Yeah, funner soda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you got one, James? Um, chips. I mean, I th- first thing that came to my mind was Cool Ranch chips. Nice. I yeah. feel like that. Like if you're gonna have a Dorito like thing, I just want all the seasonings. And that's what I feel like Cool Ranch is. It's just a spice cabinet. Yeah, it's just a dumping of everything. And so I really kind of dig it. Soda, man, I don't drink. I'm so lame. I don't drink soda. I mostly drink water. Um, Ooh, that is We're going to have to get off of this podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, that's the show. Thank you for your time. (laughs) (laughs) You were fine about the beach thing, but now, yeah. 54 minutes in. That's the show. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But but Elise, Elise does drink soda occasionally. And when she has soda, I will take a what I, I call it like a tax 
a soda tax, even though she pays for it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. A soda I'll tithe. Take, I'll take a sip. I was like, all right, let me just have a sip of it. And so she'll have Diet Coke. I don't know. I, I feel like if I was going to go soda, it would be probably like a Coke or a Pepsi in a in one of those pizza yeah. glasses with ice, <laughs> crunchy ice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got, yeah, the the best version of any soda is the, the soda fountain. Like, you got to yeah, get yeah. it straight out of the thing out of the yeah. bottles just not as good yeah i uh the, a couple weeks ago i sent joe a photo of uh i was watching tv or something but i'd ordered um they're making the the weed the weed industry right now is really doing a number of very fun things and one of them is a team up with the lagunitas beer company and they're making like weed lagunitas ipa beers okay but they're also like they taste like ipas huh. but they're marijuana based and there's no alcohol there's also no calories there's no carbs and i don't know what if anything is actually in them (laughs) so it's like weirdly healthy Uh but it tastes like a beer and it makes me higher and it's straight it's very strange can you send me that can you send me a link to that yeah Yeah, i'm very valley folk code for people but um yeah no it's it's insanely um healthy like there's nothing to it and then it'll give you like a tiny bit of weed that you kind of maybe can feel it's more just like chill so that's yeah that and my little wave wavy chips and french onion dip (laughs) that's all i got (laughs) french Mm, onion dip is so disgusting and delicious yeah oh yeah dude (laughs) yeah one time i got so I, I was so gross that it's like I ran out of the wavy chips, and so I did the thing where you put the crumbs into the dip, and then I just scooped out the yeah. a bunch of the yeah. So uh, we need to, I need to take care of my body. Maybe that's uh, part. Your of French the onion lesson. dip is like uh, out of shape ranch dressing. <laughs> it's just the yeah. sweaty version. Yeah. Yeah. So thick. Ugh. Gross. So gross. Ah. Look, I'm going to go out on a limb here and tell you guys. It's a Doritos Tapatio flavor mixed with yeah, uh, regular Coke. Lime. Diet Coke drinking oh. monsters. I'll never understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm old enough now that I need my taste buds to just be assaulted. So yeah. it's 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 the fire mixed with the acid. And it's like going down on a Jean-Claude Van Damme roundhouse in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it. you're going to have the combo, it might as well almost kill you. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and last one, and then we'll we'll bid everybody adieu. James, thank you for kicking with us today. Oh, this is really great. Thank you, James. Um, Neil, or Neil A, asks, did you learn any new skills during the pandemic, or is there something you want to learn, since you know this whole shit show is probably not going to end anytime soon? Ha, 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 question mark? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Y'all, straight up. Okay, listen to this shit. I am a big fan of Great British Bake Off. You've heard of this wonderful mm. program. Wonderful. I didn't know it's available on HBO Max. They make the producers of that show made another show called uh, The Great British Pottery Throwdown. And I have gotten <laughs> so into this to watching this pottery. I am it in at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, my girlfriend and I got these little pottery like like toys breasts. basically They're, for children. You're... Breasts. Big old pottery breasts. <laughs> and uh, we we started making these pots and I was like, I love this. I was like, I, I love doing this. This is so weirdly relaxing and so just oh. like fun to create something. Mm. And so I've been looking up classes for, uh, for pottery um, and seeing if they're like open or not. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, I'm so like, I'm so excited about it, but I know it's going to be like a years long 
slog to try to figure out how to actually do it, but it looks so cool. That's it looks, awesome. I'm great... just jazzed. Yeah, dude. Like, uh, new Patreon tier when we relaunch it will be, you know, for $1,000, Elliot will make you a one-of-a-kind piece of pottery. Wow. Yes, and by the time we get that, someone signed up for that tier, that'll be about the amount of time it takes me to learn how to do some kind of <laughs> Do you need, like, a thing. kiln for it, right? Isn't that what it yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy kiln. I looked up the cost. It's an expensive hobby. I will not be getting into it in any significant way um, at this stage of uh, of general security. But uh, I will go probably to the the place where they have like a bunch of them that you can go and practice throughout the day. But yeah, the kilns mm-hmm. are like you have to get kiln, and then the actual wheel is like thirteen or fifteen hundred dollars or something like that, and it's mm-hmm. giant, and then it's super messy, and you have somewhere to put it. So it seems like the biggest pain in the butt. To like actually figure out how to do on a regular basis but um it was also just weird to be like i'm 33 and i was like i've never felt excited about learning a, a hobby like truly mm-hmm. being like this is going to be my hobby and i was like if i start now i could be like maybe like a 50 year old guy who like does pottery as like a hobby mm-hmm. and i don't know the la- i don't even i don't know of a hobby I've had in years, if ever. Like, I don't know what uh, anything I do that could be considered like a Dude. true hobby. Mm-hmm. So, pretty pumped. That's Having cool. a hobby is more important. And it's, I think this is a, something that should be like taught to us a little bit more than it is. But having a hobby that is not associated with any other part of your life, like, I don't have to worry about money mm-hmm. because of this hobby. It has nothing to do with my job. It's actually yeah. a, re- a reprieve from everything else and it's rewarding in its own way. I think as Americans, we've tend to forget we've forgotten that mm-hmm. a little bit so I'm, yeah. I'm happy for you that's super cool that's great yeah, yeah. it'll that's replace awesome. my hobby of just uh looking through twitter and getting angry which will yeah. be cool <laughs> which i've gotten really also good at i was like really yeah. good less productive yeah. Yeah. but very skilled <laughs> exactly yeah is there a term for something that is currently in our modern day very expensive but traditionally throughout its existence has never been like you're talking about how how expensive the idea of you saying it's so expensive to do pottery is such a funny (laughs) thing because yeah because you are having a hard time you're like well i'd have to figure out how i can afford to buy a kiln whereas Mm -hmm. if you flash back two thousand years there's a point where jesus steps over a man on the street and that guy owns a kiln like (laughs) like yeah (laughs) yeah his name was killed. His name, yeah, yeah it was named a, after him. He was, had fifty of yeah. them, and he just, yeah, he just yeah. made pots all day, no questions. It wasn't a thing. Yeah. But now for you, also... you have to take out a loan to be able to figure out how to yes. do what he did. Yeah, it Truly, sounds like somebody has read up on the book of Kiln. Yes, yeah, my yes. favorite one. I, <laughs> I, uh, I did the math, like the cost benefit ratio of how many pots I would have to make to offset the cost of the just if I were to really go for it, get it all yeah. set up. Um, it would be thousands and thousands and thousands of <laughs> yeah. of dishes that I would yeah. have to create like a factory to be able to earn my money back. So I was like, yeah. that's fine. Yes, bit down Elliot, I'll take these bowls off of your hands. Here's Thank some more you bowls, Joe. making me your bowls. <laughs> and I love if you your give me a dollar for just... each, If you want to give me a dollar for every bowl, it'll help offset the cost. <laughs> you know, I work really hard on these, Joe. Also, you put in the time so the nuances are clear to you, but to the rest of us, it's just a bowl. So you're like, well, this bowl, this is a cereal bowl. But this, oh, yeah. which, and then you're holding up an identical object, is like, it's good yeah. for salads. <laughs> like, like, yeah. 
Okay, so yep. here's your bowl. Uh, it took me three weeks to complete it and get it all cast and mm-hmm. um, painted and, and, and finished. Okay, thanks, Elliot. Thanks for the bowl. Can yeah. I? Uh, no, don't eat out of it. Okay. Oh, no, um, no, you can't do that. Can I? No. Can I put it in the micro? No, don't, don't mm-hmm. put it in the microwave. Yeah. Keep it away from your also, kids. Mm-hmm. Also, this reasons. show, they're so mean to the contestants. Like, not in person, but what they make them do is like one episode because they're all potters and they're all beautifully talented mm-hmm. artists, and they make this incredible, these incredible things, and it's wonderful to watch. But then the, the hosts will be like, okay. Today you're going to use the ancient tradition of alchemy, and you're going to create a regular pot, but then you're going to surround it with combustibles. Then you're going to go out into the woods, and there's holes that have been dug for you, and you're going to start a fire in these holes, and you're going to put all of your pottery into the fire, and it's going to cause alchemy with all these combustibles, and it's going to create a new pattern. But you have to keep the fire going all night, so you have to sleep next to the kiln outside or next to the, the grave fireplace Un- all night. Mm-hmm. And it's insane, and it's like uh, these these poor people. But anyway, that's my it's the only enough way about to pottery, guys. I just got real so excited. That's exciting. Yeah. There's a lot of energy in that. James, did you learn about anything? You? I, I I am, but one minor aside. If you if you enjoy the production style of that show, I, maybe you may be familiar with it. But the uh, the plant, what's the one about flowers? Big bad flower yeah, I watched, show yeah. or whatever. You watched that I one too? That one. That's the, it's basically that the same premise. It's just the production style of that that show is so appealing to watch because it's yep. competitive without feeling malicious in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But yeah, they had one where they're like, it's a bunch of people who do flower arrangements. And they're like, all right, now yep. you're making a dress. Make a dress out of flowers. And it has to be themed like a dolphin. And then go. And then these people yep. are meticulously trying to do. And they're like, oh, by the way, it also has to live for seven years without any water. <laughs> yeah, like, yep. <laughs> yeah. So. The, and they're uh, like, okay. I yeah. guess we'll Those try. Those shows it. are all great because it's fun to just watch talented people be talented. Yeah, like making it. I don't even need the competition. One. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Making it, they do it with arts and crafts, and that's uh, what's his name, Ron Swanson mm-hmm. and uh, Amy Poehler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Amy Poehler. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. James, I love that form. I would watch any form. Yeah, James, yeah. you're next. No, uh, no worries. Uh, I so <laughs> the only. I mean, I tried to do a lot of things when when this first started. I got a Teachable account. And oh, what's that? Uh, te- it's that basically is. like online learning courses, but like anyone can basically submit a course and then you just pay for the you pay. And then it they it's essentially someone made a curriculum and it could the curriculum could involve videos or writings or whatever. And hmm. it's, it's but you basically pay for the curriculum. And most of them are way overpriced, except that uh, I guess every three weeks or so teachable has an insane discount coupon sale or whatever, because they know no one's ever going to pay for this. So for like $50, you can buy 10 courses of varying topics from basically anything. And when this all started, I was like, here we go. And so I bought a bunch of things. Like I I play guitar, but I was like, I want to get better. Like I want to like get into music theory and like really do. So I bought a guitar course. I bought a yoga doing yoga course I bought a uh, speed reading course, how to learn how to read super speed, um, and some other stuff too. Um, but uh, oh, a drawing murder. course, a drawing course, get away with murder course. Um, <laughs> not just how to murder. That's easy. Anyone. What can was do that? Was a well, okay? Did you say murder? Well, yes, no, no, no. But no, I, also no. Got I the said drawing. Get away with murder. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, but. Uh, of those, I I did accomplish. I did finish the yoga course. 
I got pretty far into the speed reading course oh. and was like, this is not as good as this is not as good a course as I thought it was going to be. It's mostly them talking about how cool it is to speed read and then <laughs> yeah. not really telling me how I can trick my brain into doing it. Um, yeah. But uh, but then the guitar thing I've kind of gotten into. The only thing that I've really kind of like dug into was wasn't even that is is I've done Duolingo Spanish for the last like three years. Yeah, my daughter and, does that too. And it's really good for like familiarizing yourself with a language, but in terms of like learning it, it's I don't know how useful I've found it. Um, really? That's good but, to know. But combined with other things that I've been doing, which with the extra time, I guess the convenience of not having to go places or I can, I'm just going to be at my desk, I have been trying to really focus. I'm trying to learn Spanish and I know it's not going to happen anytime soon, but lots, I've been taking like, audible immersion courses and i've been watching a show on netflix where i'm only it's a, it's a spanish language show and i only watch it in spanish with spanish subtitles that's smart and and stuff like that so that's like the one thing that i i, I have actually feel like i've made a little bit of progress on um there's other things too just like writing and things that i've been trying to do more of but i don't feel like i've fully accomplished a goal yet i don't think that if, if the quarantine ended tomorrow i would be like well i didn't come out with I came out yeah. with nothing actually completed, hmm. um, but I, I started the exact things, same person. So, yeah, people are going to be so unfair to themselves when this is over. Exactly with exactly what you're talking about, mm. they're going to get they're going to get post quarantine depression because one, it's going to go back to whatever it was before, and for mm -hmm. some people, that's going to suck. Um, but then also, like you said, you're going to go. Oh, I didn't do anything mm -hmm. other than survive and get yeah. through it somehow. Real, Why can't yeah. I play the piano? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I say that to myself because I see myself already going Feeling to be way. way too hard on me. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Sure. Um, I think for me, because I've been doing distance school with the kids, so mm -hmm. it's like every morning for me, it's I've been doing a regiment of first grade and a little bit of eighth grade whenever mm -hmm. Hayden needs the help. Uh, so I've actually, A, one, A and one, I've gotten a new appreciation. I already did have this, but teachers are amazing rock mm -hmm. star superheroes and especially during this time it's that crazy even more yeah. on display but then i start going into you know we miss so many of these moments with our kids and they go to school and they do their school and they come back and you're like how did you do and they're like i did good i learned about the letter a today mm -hmm. but now i'm learning about how they're learning about the letter a and helping with those mm -hmm. um with those moments so I'm getting my, my teacher on a little bit, but now I'm also having to reestablish my knowledge with things that have come and gone. Do you oh, guys yeah. remember linear equations? Could you help my kid with that? <laughs> Do you remember like Y equals MX plus B? Uh, I know foil. I remember that one. I know foil. <laughs> foil, all that. So it's like, yeah, I'm reteaching myself algebra and and uh, math and, and science and waves and particles and all that stuff. And I don't remember it. None of us do. She'll mm -hmm. come up and she'll be like, here's the homework. I have a question that I don't get. And I'm like, coming to the wrong guy. Yeah. Give me your textbook so I can relearn it. So I'll sit, I'll take 15 minutes to reeducate myself on mm -hmm. eighth grade math or science and, and get back to it's it. It's so and funny. It's fun. <laughs> I like it. Seems it seems fun. I mean, all the algebra stuff, like that level of algebra before it gets crazy hard. I remember really enjoying, but it's also like, it's funny that, 
your kids are going to grow up one day and they're going to forget everything that Mm -hmm. you're teaching them. And then they're going to have kids. And then the way they're going to learn it is through teaching their kids Mm -hmm. all over again. So it's like, you have these like 20 years, 30 years where you forget all of it. And then it comes back, but it's, it's in there. Like we were talking with movie, movie game stuff. Like you don't know a movie, but you know, it's in there and then it pops out. Yeah. Same thing with all this stuff with the kids. So it's, it's been an interesting journey. Um, uh, doing this this distance learning and it's kind of this weird very stressful at times but um, and occasionally frustrating when you're trying to do work and school and life all at the same time mm-hmm. with the kids but in the moments where I can sit back and, and truly go oh I get to watch Jackson and Hayden mm-hmm. succeed and fail and struggle and, and learn in real time it's uh, it's this weird gift that I know when quarantine's over I'll look back on and go oh that's the thing that I think I miss a little bit mm-hmm. so, yeah sure. for sure yeah. yeah, bittersweet. Have you heard yeah. of Moxie? That's my wife's maiden name. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> oh well, if you want another Moxie in your household, um, I saw a video the other day. Someone shared a video to me. This robot called Moxie that is like basically will raise your children for you. I honestly, <laughs> I was waiting for it to reveal itself to be some like really clever short film, like a short horror <laughs> film. But it's like basically like a robot with arms and then it's like has an animated face and it's like you put it in front of your kid and it's like, hey, you want to learn about math today? Like it's like your kid's best friend. It's essentially the exact beginning of Child's Play 1. Like it's the first (laughs) half of that movie. Um, But if you want another Moxie in the household and you're really tired of teaching your kids algebra, you can off... Uh, load Man. your parenting responsibility. It would probably be cheaper than learning how to do pottery. So true, uh, true. Sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. Um, anyways, that's all I got. You guys got anything else you want to talk about? I could do this all day. I think. I mean, yeah. Where do we even begin? Where do we begin? Gosh. We're just getting Actually, started. <laughs> we're about to wrap up. We're going to oh. wrap up. But James, you saying that? Uh, I had a thought, and we could look it up, but I don't want to Google it right now. So I'll just okay. ask you guys: What do you think the world record is for podcast? Like, what's the longest, the longest podcast one? that has ever been podcasted? I don't know. Probably weeks, right? Probably something crazy Probably like that. Probably something really long. I mean, yeah, there's someone out there who maybe has just been rolling, just streaming whatever for a year or, you know, just a constant stream of... But would that count? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like that's a, you're a, not allowed to sleep type of scenario. That's always the question is what constitutes the record? So well, My daughter just looked it up. Hold on. Oh, okay. She says 36 hours nonstop. That's not that bad. That was the longest continuous podcast. And I'm guessing that's like a you didn't go to sleep scenario. And it was probably one. Yeah. It has to be one singular. At least one person probably has to be a constant through the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. 36. Yeah. We could beat that. Guys, I was going to say, right we're now. already, we're already it. in it. We've already gotten <laughs> yeah. over the hump of the first hour. Yeah. We got <laughs> it. Say that's the hardest part. <laughs> that's the hardest part. <laughs> <laughs> The last James, five is easy. Um, thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for always doing the movie movie game, and it's yeah. always a pleasure uh, hanging out, man. Uh, I love it. Uh, you guys yeah, are man. great. I, I genuinely enjoy chatting with you guys and, and the stuff that you guys do. And so I would love to do it again if you want me back, and if Trevor says it's okay, I'm happy we'll check to with Trevor. come back. 
Don't tell us. Thanks, man. It's nice getting to know you too. It's it's really nice being your new favorite Willems. Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm here. I'm ready for the podcast. Thank you. It's nice having you, Jim. It'll be counted as a new podcast because we're trying to break the record for longest podcast. Uh, So it would technically spoil everything. Okay, according to Joe's daughter. (laughs) Bye bye. Uh, no. just do do you do you have any projects or things you want people to go see you in or you can always you can oh, always find me on Twitter uh, staring at my analytics uh, at James Willems on Twitter uh, Instagram I have two one is James Willems which is entirely devoted to my feet and is a much larger Instagram account than my other one James Willems feet which is not devoted to my feet in any way shape or form I never know which one to tag. <laughs> You can tag whichever; it's fine. It'll all get back to me. Oh, um, but yeah, and then and then of course every single day at uh, YouTube.com/slash/Funhouse is where Don't at least like my lovely wife. Oh, And I—that's <laughs> what pays the bills, and so that's where that's where you can always find our content every single day. Hell yeah! Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was great. Let's get this Bye. man a kiln. <laughs>